Welcome back to the Legal Diaries podcast. We chat about everything from small business to sustainability and mindset, law to health, finances to relationships. We want to provide you with the practical and actionable steps to smash your goals. So grab a drink, sit back and get ready to build your empire with Hello, Legal everyone, Diaries. Hello and welcome back to another Legal Diaries podcast and welcome to the Small Business and Entrepreneurs series. So today I'm joined from today I'm joined by um Neve who is the founder of bearblue.ie and maybe I'll hand over to her to introduce herself to us. Hi Danielle, thank you so much for having me on the Legal Diaries. So my name is Neve O'Sullivan and I'm the founder of Bear Blue, which is an online Irish sustainable store. Um, I Just to give a little bit of background on myself, I'm from Dublin and I don't really have a business background. I kind of have various different experiences that have brought me to here um, and I launched the business in October. So it's still very new. That's in, insane. It's so because so many of the businesses that I've spoken to are very like new. Um, and it's it but like it's good that it's something that probably a lot of people that came out of the pandemic where yeah, definitely. Yeah, and that that's amazing because it was probably like for me personally, um, like I know when this comes out, I will have already launched um my my product and my services business, but I wouldn't have done it if I hadn't have been in lockdown because I gained back about two hours of my day from not like commuting and stuff for work. So oh, I was like, God. yeah. So I was like, well, that's can I incredible. Do two hours. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um. So um, you said you started Bear Blue in October. So maybe if we go back to kind of before you started, so you said you've had kind of not really a business background and kind of what has been your career path to date or your kind of background, educational background then? So um, it's been very varied. After school, I, I went to college and studied geography and sociology and I hated it and I dropped out after two years. And then I just started working full time just to get general experience in the working world. Then I decided to go into beauty therapy. So then I studied as a beauty therapist part-time while I was working full-time and I got that qualification. I really, really enjoyed it. I think that's where my kind of passion for the skincare end of it comes from. Um, but then I didn't really end up working in the industry. I kind of just kept doing the job that I was working at. And then I moved abroad and worked in another um, very random job. I was working in commercial interiors project coordinator and I did that for about two years and the whole time I was kind of toying with like starting my own thing but not having the time not having the finances and then I moved back here in not last Christmas the Christmas before last and I was kind of like didn't know what to do needed to get a job and I started looking for jobs when the pandemic happened and it just kind of all happened from there like I was looking for a job the job market was so up in the air I was I'd moved back home and I had like nothing to do and then I just sort of started focusing my energy on starting my own thing so that's really the background on how it began 
that's so interesting you have such a diverse background I know. Um, to go from geography to beauty therapy yeah. to working in interiors is yeah. just but it's it's interesting and I'd say you learned a lot from all of those industries yeah um, but what so what drove you then um before we kind of get into the the business journey but what drove you mm-hmm. to sustainability and starting a sustainable brand so how I got into sustainability was through actually through listening to podcasts. So probably about three or four years ago, I'm a massive foodie and I used to listen to this food podcast and the host of it, she's really into like eco living. So she started to take a kind of eco approach to the podcast that she was doing. So it was about like um, food, like sustainable food and like sustainable agriculture and all that kind of stuff and I had never heard of any of that it was completely new to me I never considered like anything to do with sustainability and she then started to mention on her podcast like documentaries that would she'd recommend and books and things and then that kind of opened my eyes to the whole sort of you know multifaceted approach of it um and I got into it from the first thing I kind of did was I changed my diet and um, so I started to cut out meat and eat less meat and eat le- less dairy and things like that and then I just became so interested in it and it just became a way of life and then that's how it led into a business idea um, because it just aligned so well with my my values so that's kind of why I chose to start a sustainable business. So interesting it's so like every time because I've done quite a lot of um because I'm really passionate about sustainability so I've done quite a lot of podcasts on it with some guests with guests um and it's always so interesting hearing how people kind of started on their sustainable journey because I think it is a very personal journey um yeah so what so if you bring us back maybe pre-October um and pre kind of launch of your business what was the like how did you obviously you came back you were looking for employment you were living at home so how did you kind of start that process of beginning a business so like finances business plan all those kind of things so um I first kind of I had the idea for a long time but I kept kind of putting it off and saying oh there's loads of people doing it already what's the point in you know starting a business when there's people doing it um I kind of was like you know I I kind of realized that you don't really need that much to start a business like you can start with like very very little and that's what I did like it's entirely self-funded at the moment um and I had some savings there from when I'd been working and because of um the pandemic like there was no traveling there was no nights out there was nothing to spend money on I was sitting at home like a very very little outgoings and I just thought okay financially I have some savings there that I can put into it and I realized from speaking to suppliers that I could start it with very little amount of stock so it wasn't a massive investment and the other thing I had to invest in was to register the business which has was costs involved in that but it was all um very manageable and I was fortunate enough to be able to do it from home as well so I didn't have to rent an office space or like storage unit or anything um so that's how I kind of started it financially it was I just decided on the budget the amount that I wanted to put into it and I think it's probably a lot smaller than people would think I think there's kind of 
a misconception that you need like loads of money to start a business but you can really start it very very small and just grow it from there yeah that's so interesting because I'm at that process um at the moment where I'm setting up my my own business but it will be assisting people who want to start their own business um and but it is really easy the process to start up a business in Ireland and a lot of people think think it's really hard like I'm currently in the process my business partner is transitioning us because I started as a sole trader and now we're transitioning into a corporate entity which is terrifying um but it actually gives you a lot more protections as an individual like it it, you have a lot more reporting requirements but once you meet those like you're you're fine um and there's kind of like an 18 month um period transitional kind of period where you're you're exempt from putting in kind of your your audit and stuff like that um but yeah that's so interesting because a lot of people it is self-financed and when they start their business so how did you kind of go about so you decided on your market you decided on your kind of products that you were going to sell how did you then go about sourcing everything and then getting it kind of online and marketing it so in terms of the sourcing I was already using a lot of products that I wanted to stock so I was aware of a good few brands and then obviously there was like plenty that I hadn't heard of so it was a mixture of having products myself that I really and really loved and would love to stock and then also sourcing new products that I you know that aligned with my values uh, as a sustainable business and um I wanted to make sure that the the business was a right fit like the the supplier's business was a right fit for bare blue and it's also important to me to try the products um because I want to be able to stand by the products that I I sell to people um so yeah in terms of sourcing it was it's quite tedious actually sourcing new products it's a lot of um a lot of google searching and looking up hashtags and looking in facebook groups and it it takes a long time and then you might realize that they're not a good fit for you um and then in terms of getting the business online i i've always kind of enjoyed i'm very creative person so i've always enjoyed making things whether that's a physical thing or digital Um, and I've, i've kind of made a few websites in the past just very various random things and because I've always wanted to start a business so I've I've bought many domains in the past never used them but um just bought them just in case and but I, are just, you, I did the website all myself yeah but are you a millennial if you hadn't started like I had about four blogs when I was younger oh, yeah, I don't know what, what age you are but um I'm guessing you're you're, you're a millennial are you yeah yeah so yeah. I'm in the mid-20s and yeah the whole blog thing like I definitely went through a period of like a blog and then setting up different ones and yeah just forgetting about it yeah no you're definitely it's such like a trademark like I don't think it's 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 as big a thing for like Gen Z's or whatever but I feel like everyone in my kind of age group had some yeah. sort of online something at some point yeah um yeah no it's gas but yeah so you're you just kind of went self-taught in terms of yeah putting up I, your products and stuff yeah so I just I yeah really taught myself and then just from googling things how to do things um 
in terms of marketing I'd kind of in one of my past jobs I had done their social media so I had a bit of experience there um I love taking photos so I kind of just yeah I love being creative so I actually really enjoyed making the website like it took a lot of time um but um like I enjoyed it and I just love like I'm really happy with the way it looks and like the branding that was a really important thing for me when I was starting it like I wanted it Mm. to be when people go onto the website I want it to be really easy to use and I want it to be like a nice experience for them Mm. and because I you know the whole approach is that people they're not turned off by um trying to make ego swaps that it's like a nice experience and yeah that's kind of like normalized because I think a lot of people think it's a bit like hippy dippy yeah I'm like oh that's not for me Um, yeah yeah. it still has that kind of it's weird though because it's been like a lot of concepts have been around for so long but I remember when my friends used to think I was weird because I had a keep cup um now this was a few years ago but they they're basically standard things now like if you don't have a keep cup like who are you like um (laughs) but yeah that's so so interesting so in terms of your sourcing do you do most of your sourcing within Ireland or have you gone kind of overseas and if you've gone overseas have you been impacted in any way by Brexit yeah so I try and keep it as Irish as possible um but obviously Ireland's so small and there's a limit to what you can get here and there's there's certain things just that just aren't made here um like we have amazing makers of soaps and skincare and things like that so most of that is Irish um but then other things like maybe some of the dental products um like some other things like that a lot of them come from Europe so Germany the Netherlands there's a lot of UK companies as well um and in terms of Brexit it was a real headache at the start of the year oh my god (laughs) there was just missing boxes for weeks and weeks and there was boxes that were in Ireland for weeks but they couldn't be delivered to me because people had filled out the paperwork correctly um so yeah it's definitely been a headache and trying to judge how much charges are going to be you're going to have mm-hmm. to pay and then trying to factor that into your pricing and you don't want to be changing your pricing on the website all the time um and then I think customers get frustrated as well with that so yeah it's been it's been difficult and I've been trying to source products in Europe rather than the UK now yeah just much easier than dealing with that headache it really is yeah and like that's the thing though like it is you want to still keep up the high standard of products that you offer but not impact that on the consumer in terms of not having them to absorb customs and other things so but at the same time you're kind of like well I need revenue to come in so I can continue (laughs) to have products um and roughly um like you don't have to give exact kind of figures but how much stock would you have started with and how much money would you have put in initially before you launched the website um in terms of stock I started very small so say for example when I was ordering maybe from someone who does soap and shampoo and skincare products I maybe would have spent one or two hundred euro on stock um and I would have kept the selection quite tight so not stocking like everyone's full range and just Mm. deciding to expand over time and then in terms of like how much money went into the business like I don't want to go into exact amounts but um I mean a 
I think a lot less than people would imagine like yeah. I had savings there but it really wasn't much um it was really a case of just deciding like okay this is how much I'm going to put into it and then trying to order like small enough amounts um that I was able to pay for and you know if it was a case that it didn't work out that I wouldn't have like billions of products sitting there that I couldn't that's have, like, that's the out. problem with like product-based business and is getting that balance of not really understanding if there is going to be a huge appetite for it but not wanting to not have enough stock but also not wanting to be left with tons of stock that you're like when am I ever going to use all of this these so bars that I have (laughs) yeah um yeah that's really hard it's something that I still find really hard like still trying to understand customers and it's really funny like people's buying patterns really change really it's so random sometimes just like a run on a certain product and I'm like why is this suddenly like so yeah and maybe like it mightn't have sold for ages and then one week it'll be in like every single order and sometimes it's just so hard to understand and then you think oh I better order more of that and then it mightn't sell again for ages yeah yeah. I guarantee you it was like a TikTok trend or something yeah (laughs) like that seems like that drives like everything at the moment um but so what at the moment so is your kind of inventory and what you stock so as you said you started quite small and you've now started to kind of expand your offerings over time is your inventory driven by your customers do you ever get people requesting that you stock certain things or can you source them or how how does that work for you yeah it's definitely driven by customers so in the beginning it was driven by kind of my um I suppose things that I'd already used and then things that I thought would be good to add or but now as it's grown it's driven a lot by the customers so I'm very active on Instagram and I always ask people like what do you want to see do you have any suggestions and that drives it a lot um, and some people as well are really helpful in that they've maybe tried certain brands and they say like oh I've I'd love you to stock this and I've tried x y and z and this one was good and that one wasn't and mm. um, so people like customers are really helpful um and then it's seasonal as well like in the sense that obviously coming up to Christmas it's like yeah. a gifting season and then coming into summer sun cream will be really popular yeah um and at the moment I find a lot of people are sending kind of like pampery things to people yeah. um, just as to let them know they're thinking of them so it depends on the time of year um but yeah it's really interesting to watch the trends I can imagine yeah it's like you I'd say you get to know a lot about a person by watching <laughs> their what, what what's in their cart um because yeah. even I remember I worked in retail and you you could get like a perception of someone as a person by what certain things that yeah. they purchased <laughs> um but what would be from all the things that you stock on your website what would be your kind of top three holy grails that you would use kind of every day um in your own life um so I would say number one would be a soap bar using that as like body wash and a hand soap like Mm. in our house we have them all over the house we don't have any bottles of of liquid soap Mm. um I think that's like the literally the easiest thing that people can, yeah. can do like using that in the shower instead of a body wash that'll be my number one my second thing would probably be um a shampoo bar again a really easy switch um and then the third one I'd say a bamboo toothbrush yeah um, 
that's another one that there's no difference in functionality like there's no transition period with it and yeah. so yeah those are things that I use myself every day among loads of other stuff yeah um, but yeah they'd probably be my three kind of top easy swaps and they're also really kind of cost effective swaps like you're yeah. not putting yourself out and like usually soap bars last quite a lot longer and um, yes. I found that in terms of getting the kind of body washes or the shampoo bars and stuff um I do have a confession though like I have a bamboo toothbrush I never use it because I have an electric <laughs> toothbrush and I've had one for about a year and a half and I just love it and I just yes. I can't give it up so now I'm on the hunt for like a more environmentally friendly alternative for the do you know the changeable kind of heads that you yes. have on it um so if you have any advice on that I'll leave it with you because I'm, I'm currently hunting yeah I just got I just got um kind of eco-friendly toothbrush heads in stock last week and they're um, sold out already but I oh, will be getting more um, amazing I'm definitely but, gonna um keep an eye on that because it's kind of a thing that I'm very conscious of and I'm like well I have a bamboo yeah. toothbrush and I really should use it and I love it like because some of their proceeds go to they have different charities that yes, they support they and that's what I love as well so there's obviously the social aspect as well as the sustainable yeah. environment aspect um but I just love my electric toothbrush I know I do have an electric one as well I will admit I kind of go <laughs> between the two because I feel like I do have to use the bamboo one because I'm like well I sell it so I should really I use know it. I go between the two as well I'm usually yeah. like well I'll travel with my bamboo one yeah like yeah. it's light and short but then when I'm at home I'm like okay yeah um, um, yeah and what um what's your kind of um at the moment other than the eco-friendly toothbrush heads the thing that kind of everyone's raving about um in the kind of like sustainability market um in terms of products that I've got that I stock something that goes out in nearly every single order is um product called honey balm and it's made by yanni bars so okay. it's like a multi-use balm made with Irish honey, which has like amazing amounts of antioxidants in it. Um, and you can use it from anything for like nappy rash, eczema, psoriasis, cuticle cream, like anywhere. So that has been so popular and that goes out in nearly everybody's order. Um, and what else has been popular lately? Reusable period products have become really popular. That Would makes me really me? happy. It took a long time for me to kind of, it's such a scary thought transitioning to because I use a menstrual cup and it took me so long to be like, okay, I'm going to do it now. So yeah, it's a big me, thing. Yeah. yeah. And it's obviously like, it's a very kind of like personal experience for a woman anyway. And then yeah. to kind of change routine and change things. But like, I love mine. Um, but it did take me, for anyone listening, don't feel like bad for not transitioning because it took me a long time yeah, yeah. to make the decision and do you find what kind of out of kind of um the kind of menstrual products which ones would go kind of quicker so would it be the the I think you've the washable underwear no do you yes I've yeah. well not the underwear I've got the washable pads yeah yeah um, so I got those probably two or when did I get those maybe a month ago and they've actually been really popular way more than I thought they would be like oh. I thought people would be very slow to switch to those I thought yeah be like oh that's disgusting type of attitude um but they've been really popular the menstrual cup has been a slow burn I think yeah 
and because it is it's a it's a big difference using one of those yeah um, so I think the reusable pads are probably they're easier because it, it's not that much different obviously yeah it's it, more kind of yeah like the only difference is yeah. like the the kind of end like you need to wash and reuse but the exactly, the actual yeah. product itself is pretty much does the same thing yeah um that's so interesting um yeah because I always I had someone on ages ago when I did sustainable September and she's a mother and I was asking her do you have any kind of tips from like a mother point of view and she had used the diapers and in my head I was like oh my god that's such a good idea but then I was like if I was a mom would I use the diapers and it's it's probably the same with menstrual products as well you're like do I want to use that but when you change you're probably like it's grand yes yeah like I think a few years ago if someone had said to me like oh would you think about using like reusable sanitary pads I'd be like oh my god no that's disgusting but I know and and now I'm like it's just fine it's normal yeah you're like it's just life like what's the difference um and so before we finish up like what is um your I know you mentioned some of your kind of holy grail products but what would be your kind of top tips for anyone listening who wants to develop a more kind of sustainable lifestyle so even things you've done yourself mm-hmm. um yeah and then the other one is your top kind of tips for anyone who's thinking of starting a business so maybe if okay. we start with the just if I if I want I came to you and I said I want to develop a more sustainable lifestyle what would you recommend mm-hmm. me to do so a few different things and these are all things that I've kind of done myself so one of them would be trying to limit the amount of fast fashion that you buy mm. because I think that's like a massive thing that a lot of people don't really think about and when I think of yeah um like I try and shop from um vintage shops if I can so it's not always possible like I'm not perfect I do sometimes shop from fast fashion stores because yeah maybe I might really need a pair of jeans and I can't find ones that I want that I like in like um a secondhand store so but I suppose just being more aware that there's options out there like Depop um, and like loads of other online shops that yeah have secondhand clothes so that would be a big one um, and also repairing your clothes like if there's holes in them or something like that not just chucking them out like yeah repairing them and they can last a really long time um, and then another thing would be diet so a few years ago I decided to go vegetarian to really you know cut down on the amount of meat I was eating and then I went vegan which when I look back was probably a bit extreme at the time um, <laughs> because it didn't really suit me and, I'm, and now I'm just very flexible I'm, I mainly eat vegetarian now but I do eat the odd bit of meat um, yeah I think that kind of flexible because I did veganuary and I had Sophie Gaston on for we we spoke because she's vegan herself and we spoke about kind of tips for veganuary and she was just like don't go cold turkey yeah. she was like everyone will try go a whole month without meat without kind of dairy and do the whole hog she was like it's not sustainable you will cave no, within not. the first week so I think having that and I found through doing it like I didn't miss meat it was things like eggs or dairy that was kind of much yeah that was much harder for me but I think if you're I think being like a flexitarian and like yeah being flexible with yourself but being conscious of just cutting down on your meat consumption is a good tip yeah yeah because it's something that like as we all know it uses so much resources even Mm. land and water so even like if people can switch like one day a week or two days a week with without meat um that's an amazing place to start and then my third tip would be 
trying to switch to more eco things in your household so like there's loads of different things you can do and there's so many things in the bathroom you can switch with Mm. people don't think of first and foremost like the obvious one is like a soap bar and a shampoo bar but there's so many things even just getting like your some of your other products in like a jar or an aluminium tin like you know a body cream or Or even like cotton buds or like yes buying like the reusable like makeup remover just wash them yeah and you go through like mountains of them like like they used to always be a thing before I kind of transitioned over that every time I went into somewhere like H&M or pennies or boots I was always picking up a packet of them yeah but like I just use the reusable ones now and I have a little kind of bamboo bag and I stick them in that and stick them in the washing machine and it's grand. Yeah, and they're like, brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And you save so much money as well. That's the I thing. Know. A lot of this stuff, you actually save money in the long run. Yeah. I think there's like a misconception that it's it's a really expensive way to live, but it's not really like when you actually kind of get into it and you kind of start getting those reusables you actually kind of save money down the line. Yeah, like a bar, if you were to go into kind of a traditional supermarket and buy a bar of soap, it's probably about 80 cents. Whereas yeah. if you were buying a bottle of some form of soap, like it can be probably about four euro for just hand soap. Um, yeah. yeah, and like, I think it's, it's there's so many, because people that is the, the thing that people have is this misconception that it's going to be really expensive to become mm-hmm. more sustainable. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is as well, like some people are like, well, if I can't do it all, then I'm not going to do any of it. Yes, so yeah, I think you need to have that kind of, you know, one thing using my keep cup is better than getting a Absolutely. like disposable cup or changing my toothbrush is better than like not doing anything at all. So even like exactly. little things within your own kind of budget is, yeah, is, yeah, is, is yeah, definitely, definitely. And then maybe if we kind of um, switch um, roles and put your business hat on and say, what would be your kind of top tips for anyone who's considering starting a business? Um, number one, I'd say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of it. Like mm. it, I kind of put it off for so long because I thought, oh, I wouldn't be good. At, I wouldn't be good at it or I wouldn't be able for it. Like give it, you know, give it a shot. You've nothing to lose. Maybe like a little bit of money if you invest something. But you know, if you're starting a business that's like purely online and you don't have to invest in stock, like you literally have nothing to lose with something like that. And yeah. I think it's like nobody wants to have regrets. And if you really want to do something, just go for it and do it. And speak to people, like reach out to people, ask for advice. Like people are so willing to help. Um, I think people are often surprised like when you get in touch with someone you say look I really I don't know what to do about this like what would you do or in your experience what did you do when you started your business and people are really really helpful so I definitely recommend that like just going for it and Hmm. speaking to people who have the experience um another thing I would say try and outsource certain things that you hate or you find really really difficult like for me I am atrocious at maths like really really bad and the whole accounts side of it that really put me off starting a business because I just thought I just won't be able to do it so I work with an external accountant just like it just gives me the peace of mind that I know it's all like above board it's it's like all the taxes are right everything's going to be in order um and that's you know it's not expensive they they don't have to really do much for me but I just know that they're there like I can ask them yeah all. <laughs> and like it's it's their area of expertise because I and I'm struggling with that at the moment because I'm like 
okay well I wanted to do like a lot of marketing and stuff around the launch but I was like I could do it but my time would be better spent exactly putting time into kind of like maybe like product and service provision and stuff like that whereas like I could pay someone and it would probably be well worth the money no matter what the price because it gives me my time back I don't have to become an expert and it's probably going to be done 10 times better by them than it would have been done by me but I'm kind of like you when you said you're a bit of like you love to just have control over things so (laughs) really hard for me to kind of be like let go of little bits here and there yeah um but you kind of have to do it for your sanity because you can't like I kind of came up with the kind of business concept and idea and stuff and I work full-time so I was like I need to bring in a business partner like I was like and I had I had a friend in mind and she's come on board and she's been absolutely great um but I was like I can't do it myself (laughs) like if I want to be able to working full-time like that's really yeah so but that was hard as well because I had to be like okay we need to go do this do this do this and then kind of be like okay maybe you can do this <laughs> it's like what can I let go of but um yeah it really is a learning curve definitely yeah yeah so I think like recognizing that it's okay to outsource things yeah like or like if you know if photography isn't your strong point like maybe find if you're on a low budget find like a student who's doing photography and work with them or something like that um so that would be number two and number three I would say try not to compare yourself to others who have been at it for longer than you and that's so hard because like it's something I still do but like just try and stay in your own lane and be like yeah. you know this is what I'm doing this is my goal this is where like you came from rather than comparing to someone who's been at it for like two years and you're like oh why am I die at that point why am I die getting like yeah you know all this business and they seem like they're in the space and in the know but like it's just it's so important to just focus on your own thing and yeah not get distracted by that yeah and like it's not you're never going to be criticized by someone that's doing more than you you're always going to be criticized by someone that's doing less than you or has the same kind of would love to start a business but just yes doesn't want to themselves or doesn't have the kind of the get up and go to so yeah I think that's definitely a good piece of advice for starting your business but also just for life in general or even if you're on your sustainability journey like you're not going to be that vegan influencer that has millions of followers (laughs) because they're always posting about their food and their workouts and everything but like if you wanted to you could probably get there but you know everyone needs to start at point a and kind of build themselves up but yeah and then my final um question is what's next for bear blue and what what has 2021 got in store for you um so first and foremost is expanding the range so i want to continue to expand and have more sections on the site that people can buy a lot of their bits and bobs that they need in a more eco-conscious way so Mm -hmm. i've just launched a consumable section recently which is like tea and coffee and nut butter and i'll be adding chocolate as well um, so I want to keep expanding it in that sense. Mm. Um, and then there might be a Bear Blue product, but Ooh. that's all I'll say on that for now. Um, but generally just to keep um, keep encouraging people and showing people that it's easy um, 
there's like loads of easy swaps you can make and that it's a really enjoyable and rewarding process as well yeah so just trying to like communicate that with people that's kind of my my main goal really yeah and that that's so good um because I love because I always get kind of wrapped up every so often in the kind of follower count versus but I'm like but I put out really good educational stuff and once I have kind of pride in my content that's all that matters but it's so easy to kind of compare yourself to someone who has 10,000 you're like oh but you need to kind of focus on you your content and what you're putting out and if you're kind of educating people and encouraging them to be sustainable then that's really valuable and so speaking of all that content where can people find Bear Blue online? So it's bearblue.ie is the website. And then the Instagram is at bearblue underscore IE. Um, and Instagram is where I'd be most active. And I do um, a lot of product demos and Q&As. And I show a lot of the behind the scenes and what people are ordering. So I think people love to have a nosy, like to see what everyone's yeah. ordering and to get some ideas of what they're going to try. Um, so yeah, people can find me there most of the time. Perfect. Um, well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this Legal Diaries podcast. We really appreciate your support. If you found this podcast helpful or interesting, it would be absolutely amazing if you could spread the love and share it with your friends and family and on your social media accounts. Please make sure to tag us if you do. We are an independent podcast run by the three ladies behind the Legal Diaries platform and business. So it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. For more Legal Diaries content, please do check us out on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Just search at legaldiaries.ie and give us a follow. Until next time, Le Gras, the Legal Diaries ladies.